Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. In this episode, we are going to talk about the Superman Red Sun DC animated movie. We're going to give reviews on that. And also, we're going to talk about Disney Pixar Onward movie. And we're also going to give our reviews. So there's going to be spoilers. I hope you, jo- hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another fantastic podcast. It's just me and Amos podcast. I got my co-host with me, Trevor. Hey, how you guys doing? Yes, I am recording from this humble palace I call it the Pace Palace. <laughs> <laughs> the Pace Palace. Yes, double P. Yep. Yes. The PP. The PP. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe you should think about that name again. <laughs> PP. <laughs> Yo, man, how you been, dude? I've been pretty good. Just kind of, kind of chilling and working. Yeah. How about you? I'm, what else I'm gonna do? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm still getting paid though. But hey, that's know, nice. I'm at home quarantine for the past two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, three weeks now. I keep forgetting, man. The days go by, man. I don't wake up on my normal time anymore. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of people, it's like, what day is it? Yeah, I'm like. They all just bleed at this point. Yeah, I'm like, damn, the weekend is just like yeah. the weekend every day. So I'm like, shit, I wake up by 8 o'clock in the, in the morning. I usually get up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. I might sleep yeah, I'm late. Still, I'm still working, so I have at least a routine that keeps me aware of what day it is. But, yeah, I'm sure if I didn't have to work, I'd be like, I don't care what day it is. Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now. But I need to get out of that, though. I need to set my alarm clock at 5.30, you know. 530 a.m. 6 a.m. About 530 a.m. I really get out of bed at 6 o'clock my normal time. Yikes. Yeah, so that's how I do it. That's how my regular work was, you know? Yeah. But enough about me, okay? Okay. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right. But, you know, in this episode, um, you and I, we're going to talk about uh, Superman Red Sun. You heard about that, right? I have. Yeah, that's one of the topics we're going to talk about, so... Now, for my audience out there, uh, Superman Red Sun is basically is a Elseworld story. For those who don't read the books, it's something like an alternate reality. It's like a what if, Marvel's yeah, what if. Yeah, kind of like Marvel's what ifs. Yeah, Marvel's what if. So DC called it Elseworld. So you had people like Batman with once a Green Lantern in one of these book stories. Then, you, like I said, you had Bat- uh, Superman and Red Sun. Then you had other Green Lantern was someone else. So different stories was told in this Elseworlds imprint of DC. And it was it put out some good stuff, man. Gotham, um, was it Gaslight or Gotham? Uh, it was a Batman story. But they had some pretty good stories, man. So DC Animation actually did two stories of this um, imprint. And it was um, the Gotham Gaslight. I might be saying it wrong. But then the other one was Red Man, Superman, Red Sun. So that was two of them, right? So it's out of continuity of the regular animated series they got going, animation series they have going on. So mm-hmm. it is something totally different. So the premise of this story is that what if Superman was not founded by the Americans? I mean, in the USA, about what the 
um, the Kents in Smallville? What, what if he was found from a small family living in Russia? Now, you see, that that was a good take. And I think the story, the book was written by Mark Miller, your favorite um, writer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's one of your favorite writers, man. Yeah, that guy's not fucked in the head or anything. No, not really. But I would say this, though. And it's... His previous stuff was really out there, but he got away from some of that. Most of that He's stuff. Got, he anyway. has gotten better. He's gotten better with that stuff. So, you know, it's just like it was a lot of shock and all that. What? And then his story. That's in my opinion. You know, but Kick-Ass was one of them. Old Man Logan. Yeah. Mm. I could go on the list. Yeah. he. The thing, the main thing I don't like about him or, you know, that I – never been a fan of is that he goes to the rape well way too often yes in kind of a way that makes you a little nervous about what's going on in that guy's head (laughs) yeah yeah you're right he like hits it so many times it's almost like does he enjoy this does he get something so i mean i don't want to say that that's true but he it just happens way too often that i'm just like i'm not comfortable with this guy and what he writes. Yeah, that's it's just it doesn't push the story along, you know. It's, it's it was just there. It, it was something he put in there. It didn't really need to be in the story at all. Right. A lot of time it is just as you said, it's just for the shock value. And yeah. it's like, well, you don't need that sort of thing just for shock value. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You don't. Anyway. But yeah, go but, on, Red Sun. Red Sun. <laughs> Red Sun. So he it was a writer, he was a writer for the story. So the story is about Superman being part of the Russian communist, um, doing Jim Stalin run, um, um, run. You know that was in the I think the forties. Was it the forties? Yeah, yeah, that was in the forties. Yeah. So this is a story about him and the ideas of communism and stuff like that. But he's still doing good for the government, right? But he's seeing things that's not not right. And you can see that he he he's from he's a farm boy and he was taught the ideas of helping people and stuff like that. But he see how the communism was working and he didn't like it. And then we have him in the United States, you have Lex Luthor. Now Lex Luthor Lex Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor, he's the good guy in this. <laughs> so he's different he's always Superman's rival, right? But in this one, He's actually he's a good guy, and Superman is someone good, but he had the best intentions of doing mm-hmm. things. So Lex Luthor, he um, creates um, his own Superman, which is like Bizarro. At first, the, the clone was normal looking. Then all of a sudden, they feed him powers. He looking more grotesque. Now he started looking like Bizarro. So it was during the Cold War, back and forth like that. But at the end of the whole series, man, even man, Batman, oh, God. <laughs> Batman in this story, man, he is about chaos and anarchy. He tried to bring down the establishment. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, you know, he I mean, he was in Russia. He was he he didn't like the way things was done, so he said he's to create chaos. Wait, so Batman was Russian? Yeah, he was Russian too. Okay, but so yeah, that makes him sound more like the Joker. Yeah. He, oh, it really it does, man. But then again, he said he didn't like the way communism was. So he's talking about he wanted to bring in the chaotic order to bring down this government that's telling people that we they, they got to give up their um their lives and have them um, surrender and stuff like that. It was it was interesting, man, the way they set up Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Because, you know, those are the trinity, the trinity of D.C. 
Mm-hmm. And they had yep. they was at odds end of each other. Wonder Woman and Superman were friends, but she came to find out his best intention was not the great intention at all for society. You know, so it it was it was, it was more of a um, social. It was dealt with a lot of social issues in this in this movie, which okay. most DC anime movies don't do that. But you have to worry, Red Sun, Russia. I mean, we talking about communism, man. I'm like. So, right. Well, I mean, you have to you have to play on the inherent nature of it is that if you're going to make a uh, a story that's about Superman, who's like the ideal good and, you know, justice in the world and everybody thinks of him as American, but, you know, and, and representing the American virtues, the ideas, morals. But yeah, yeah. but um, he's yeah, I, I guess I guess maybe he's a citizen or at least. At one point was I know there was one story where he gave up his citizenship so he could do something or whatever. Anyway, oh, to save the world, yeah, I mean, the, right, yeah, right. And, and in any case, you think of Superman like that. So if you're going to play this thing where what if he landed in communist Russia, you have to bring in that social political aspect. Yes, it needs to be a part of it because otherwise, what's the point? Right, he's still the same character. Right. And that's what but they yeah, was getting it, that's what they were getting at. So I mean you had to deal with that so the socialism, the communism and stuff like right. that. Right. Yeah, it's a lot more of, you know, how would how would a uh how would a good person who represents justice and whatever fare in a different political environment like communism. Right. And you know, because so. when he saw they was in the gulag, he's He's talking about yes, the um the the, the dissonances are in the gulag. And he said, "What is going on?" So he he went there, he saw the damn atrocities they had over there, man. Then he broke that up and he killed Stalin. So after that, he took it upon himself to make a utopia, but he did it the wrong way. Right. Once again, taking away the human free will. Mm-hmm. So this dude got super hearing, <laughs> so he, you can't say any opinions about him because if you say anything about him. He wipes your brain. He he does like surgery on your brain, and he's obedient. Yikes! See what happened is in the the book is more graphic than the television. I mean the TV, not TV, the movie. Cause they left a lot of parts out from the book to the uh, movie to, to make better sense and it, it it fits better for the telling of the story in the movie than rather mm-hmm. in the book. Cause you know comic books and movies sometimes don't translate very well, and some things yeah. don't make no fucking sense. Right. <laughs> so, but all together, man, I really um, enjoyed it. You know, it was not one of the better animated series they have out there. I mean, mm-hmm. movies. But I really I liked it. I liked the whole political landscape of it. How, they, like you said, what if they put him in something like this with all the American ideas that he had? Put Superman in there. He's still a good person, but he's under a different governmental, political climate. Like, so, I mean, a little communist party and stuff like that. Right, I thought that was pretty interesting, man. But like I said, it it was pretty good. But it's not one of my top, one of my top five or ten animation animated um DC movies. Because I think right. after there's another one coming out called the Apocalypse mm-hmm. War, Justice League Dark, and I think that's going to be the last one until any. I think that's going to be actually the last one of right now because it had nothing planned after that. So okay, so that's what I've been watching for the past. I watched it last night, as a matter of fact. So, because I was all watching it, man, because I've been calling you, I got into it. <laughs> I, know, I know. You, like, started watching it, and you're like, 
we were supposed to get on a call at five. So I'm like, ready whenever you are. And you're like, give me 15 minutes. Yeah, it turned 30. 40 minutes later, I'm like, "Uh, dude, (laughs) it's getting towards dinner time. It was getting good, man. (laughs) You're like, I'm watching this movie. Well, you couldn't let me know. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I'm always selfish. There's only me in this house, so I mean. <laughs> well, yeah, but still think about this. Yeah, hey, man, I'm being There's a whole soon. world out there. Is it really? Is it? Is it? I don't there, know. There is. You yeah. wouldn't know by looking out the window. But, you know, <laughs> oh. if you get on the internet, everybody's everywhere. You'll see. Ain't that the truth, man? Speaking of people outside my window, you know, you know. <laughs> okay. So yesterday, while, you know, the governor said that uh, he gave the shelter in place mandate, right? So. Uh-huh. I'm out, I'm listening. I heard music like boom, 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 just thumping. All right, someone's outside in the parking lot playing loud music, and out there watching their van. Then over there, they talking. They so close to each other. There's no six feet. What's so fucking ever? Then all of a sudden, I see two other people show. I'm like, damn, y'all in his face. I'm like, okay, but anyway. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people that just aren't aren't following the whole you know precautions and that's why this thing is going to last longer than it needs to yeah yeah but you know i'm gonna do my um due diligence exactly do mm-hmm. your due diligence you know hopefully everybody else gets their shit together we, one will hope yeah. <laughs> one will hope so um that was i was what i was doing yesterday so to my next topic is that i was talking to you right and i was asking you about onward because Disney Plus recently put Onward on this last week, I think. Yeah, on Friday. On Friday, right. And and Onward was actually at the movie theaters a month ago. Right. Well, you know, how, how the coronavirus kind of... Uh, Forced it. <laughs> ruined all of the, the theatrical plans. So yeah. a lot of them, a lot of them have uh, gone straight to video or, you know, in Disney's case, they've released a lot of them on Disney Plus yeah. earlier than than expected just to kind of get people the chance to see it and um and for the other ones make their money off of it yeah that's true man but, you know, like like i said on my last podcast with david is that they most movies that came out last month are out now or some that were like bloodshot was out one week a week later you could rent it <laughs> yeah you could rent it yeah exactly and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to compensate for all of the ticket sales that they're losing because the theaters aren't open right so and that's that's true you're right about that yep you're right about so that. it'll be interesting to see when this is all over whether they still do some sort of video on demand at the same time as um it's in theaters right. just because there may be a lot of people who are you know not so uh eager to go back into a theater and be so crowded with people yeah, this whole with things pass, man. This is gonna change the whole way we do things, man. It it will. There'll be a lot of changes. Yes, there's gonna be a lot of changes, man. So I actually watched Onward and I really enjoyed it. I this I think it's not one of the best Pixar movies out there, and I think it didn't do too well in the um, box office. And I think it's kind of way way Disney is saying, hey, you know what? It didn't do too well. You might as well put it on Disney Plus. Why not? You know, doing this virus stuff, and you know, it's, it didn't do well in ticket sales, man. It wasn't. It wasn't doing great. No. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's yeah. It's not the best Pixar movie, no. but um, but I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was a fun movie. You know, I really enjoyed the two leads. 
um By Tom. you know and tom holland and chris, as uh, as ian yeah, and chris and, pratt uh, chris pratt as barley barley yes right. so yeah they're two brothers chris pratt's the older brother he's kind of a dungeons and dragons uh loving kind of ne'er-do-well and tom holland is just kind of an awkward uh 16 year old kid 16 <laughs> year old kid yeah who's you know, trying to find got, his anxi- place. <laughs> got anxiety yeah exactly he's trying to find his place he's got anxiety about you know reaching out to people and you know standing up for himself and just kind of you know deciding what it is that he wants from life I, I really, I really enjoyed the, I really liked, um, the, the magic at the beginning when they said spoilers, if anybody hasn't seen it, we are going to have spoilers. I forgot about that. But in the beginning, they were talking about how magic was everyday use for magic and stuff like that until science and technology came in. Right. And then, then you know, all of a sudden magic was forgotten. Right. And so liked, you still have all of these magical creatures and stuff yeah. like unicorns and, you know, uh, fairies and stuff like that but yeah magic itself kind of died out and the world kind of became like our world yes with a bunch of yeah yes <laughs> yes magical creatures running around <laughs> right oh man the unicorn was just like um rabbit animals man <laughs> i know they were like rabbit animals all like uh <laughs> just their their fur all matted and just like <laughs> oh man uh, magical creatures this look terrible yeah, it, dude it, Digging out of the trash cans, yeah, it's funny. Majestic, I'm saying majestic. I say that. Yeah, no, not so majestic in there. <laughs> no, they were not. They were like awful, dude. Like straight cats on the damn streets and stray dogs. Yeah. But yeah, but I really, it was, a, it, I liked it, man. It wasn't a bad one. It, it just like it was lessons. No, they all give you lessons in, in in this movies, and you learn something about family, of course, and um, how every everybody. Even though he didn't have a father, he didn't have a father around, but he had an older brother that really took well, yeah, care of him. Right. That's the thing I really liked about the ending, is yeah. that, and that was the thing that took me by surprise, was that, um, you know, that the whole, obviously the whole quest was that um, his father had died before he was born. Right. Um, he had, his father had gotten sick and died, uh, and so he never got a chance to meet his father, but his father on his 16th birthday when, you know, it was for when both he and Barley were both over 16. Uh, he gave him a gift, which was a magic wand. And it had like a crystal in it that would allow them to cast a spell and resurrect him for one day so they could spend a day with him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Barley tries it like a million times and it, the spell doesn't work. So, and then uh, Ian starts reading it and then just kind of while he's sitting at his desk after he's it hasn't worked and all of a sudden the staff kind of comes to life so it turns out ian has magical abilities however he only manages to get half of his father's body to show up so it's just it's just a pair of legs running around with no top (laughs) so it's kind of cute because obviously the legs can't hear and the legs can't see so, you know, he kind of has to tap around um, to know that people are there. And sometimes it does feel like he can see or hear. But <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, he's just, it's just kind of there. And so they go on this adventure trying to find another one of those magic crystals, the which Phoenix. are really rare. The Phoenix, yeah, the Phoenix crystal, crystal or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they have a day to find this. So they're 
they're embarking on a quest. Yes, and they really was on embarking right. on a quest. <laughs> yeah. So of course, Barley is like big into this, and Ian just kind of wants to get it done because he wants to be able to uh, meet his father. Yeah. So it, you know, it's it's kind of a fun adventure as they attempt to do that, and then at the end, you know, you're expecting, oh, he's going to bring his father back and everything like that, and he does, but it works in a different way. And so you kind of learn that it's not quite about fathers so much as it is about the brothers the brothers, yeah. and their relationship together. And so I just found that really sweet. And so it kind of, it kind of choked me up a little bit. Because you two of you two, you got two brothers. I do have two brothers. And, and of course, one. you know, I got, I have my kids and, um, you know, kind of, I see a lot of that in Mark and Ronan. I mean, obviously they have a fantastic father in me, so they don't oh, really they need do. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do, <laughs> I do see a lot of with the age gap between Mark and Ronan is that Ronan really looks up to Mark. And so yeah. he likes to do a lot of the things Mark does and he likes to, you know, emulate Mark and he likes to kind of hang around Mark. And you know, it, so it, it was very sweet because yes, I've had that relationship myself, and it's nice seeing my kids have that sort of relationship as well. Yeah, yeah, my relationship with my brother is about the same way too. I'm older than him, but you know he looks up to me. I know he does. You know he, but you know growing up as a kid, though, I did do things with him. But as the older I got, I say in my high school years, I didn't see much of him. Uh huh. But. When I left the house, when he was in high school, he was hanging out with me more, you know, more than ever. Yeah, I was in college, yeah, at the time. It's weird how things like that work. Like, me and my older brother, we grew up, we were only a year apart. So we grew up together, and, you know, we are kind of always each other's, like, built-in best friend, especially when we were moving around the world and had to, like, make new friends and go to new schools and all this other stuff. But, you know, around the high school years, of course, we started getting on each other's nerves. Because yeah. we were just always around each other, and... We'd play games, and you know, I would beat him at like NHL, and uh, <laughs> and then he would get mad and like you know, punch me in the arm and chase me around the house and wail on me, and then we'd go play again, and you know, so it, it was definitely a little <laughs> rough those couple of years. But then it's like he went to college, and suddenly we were like best friends again. <laughs> yeah, because so. my brother and I have a big age difference. I'm eight years older than him, so. Cause like I said, my sister three years older than three years younger than me. I'm eight years older than him. Yeah. We, but yeah, but I really enjoy. I really like the movie. Like I said, I love the brotherhood aspect of it. Of you know, just siblings, just loving each other, and let them know that they are part of their lives. You know what I'm saying? So he helped. He had raised his younger brother. Yeah. Cause you got families like that that doesn't have a father. You know, but she mom ain't sing, She's not single. She's remarried. But but at the time when she wasn't remarried, she probably had a, the younger brother were looking out for the um, the older brother were looking out for the younger brother, which is always the case in a single parent house. Right. I don't think the mother was married. I think she was just dating that cop guy. Oh, they're, they're they were actually married. Okay, that's right. Yeah, they were dating. But you know, it's like that in most of the households now. You know, most of the siblings that have to raise each other. You know, mom probably work a lot, and you have those stories. Right, yeah. I mean, single single parent homes is yeah. difficult because the mom usually, or the parent, it's not always a mom. Yeah, usually has to, yeah, has to work. You know, at least one job, probably two, maybe three. Right. You know, so they're spending all that time doing that and trying to raise the kids and, you know, take care of the house by themselves. And so yeah, it's tricky. So sometimes, 
when you have siblings, you know, the older ones will kind of help, help where they can. Right. That's right. You're right about that. So after watching this movie, man, what, what, what would you rate this movie out of a uh, one to five, one through five scale? What do you I'd get? give it a four out of five. Okay. I give it a four. I mean, no, I'm, I'm hold on. I'll take that back. Let me, let me, a 3.5. 3.5. Okay. Yeah, Fair 3. enough. 5, yeah. Like I said, it's a good movie, but it's not one of the best out there as far as Pixar. But it's wholesome. Um, it's, it's, you can watch it with the family. You know, it's, it, it wasn't much humor in it this time around, man. I didn't oh, laugh. Really? I thought I, it was I, pretty funny. I, I, I laughed a few times. I don't know, man. I'm, I guess I'm getting very cynical these days, man. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Shit. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. That's it onward. If you haven't checked it out, guys, check it on Disney Plus. We recommend watching it. You know, you got nothing else to do. Hey, you might as well watch it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Trevor, I know you said you had some um a little bit anime for me, dude. Right, so yeah. So it's the the as I mentioned on the last podcast, um, it's the new season of anime. So I've been going through and, you know, watching them as they come out and see if there's any that are likable. And I honestly have to say of the ones I've watched so far, the ones I had on my list, which was already kind of a smaller list than usual, uh-huh. yeah, I've been pretty disappointed. Oh, um, yeah, there haven't been a lot of great ones. A lot of them are just very cliche and almost boring. So you, so you don't have a um, diamond in the rough yet, huh? He doesn't have. Well, a there going... are a couple. There are a couple that do stand out, but okay. um, so I'll, I'll go through the ones that kind of were a bummer. Uh, Okay, there's one that was like highly anticipated. It's like a Crunchyroll one uh-huh. that's called Tower of God. Right. Um, yeah, I, I did not care for that. I thought the art style was pretty bad. It looked cheap. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense. And maybe it's not supposed to, and things are supposed to get clearer later. But I don't know. It, it, it kind of like established that this, this guy... Um, he met like this girl and then I guess she wants to go into the tower. Cause if you ascend this tower and you make it to the top, you'll like get whatever your heart desires. Well, the tower appears to be kind of like a big battle Royale of levels. Oh. So I think the first one is like, there's 500, well, they call it, there's regulars and there's irregulars. It's kind of, but they haven't described what those mean. Just that the main character is an irregular. Everybody else seems to be regulars, but it's like 500 regulars on the floor and only 200 of them can go to the next floor. So they're all killing each other to get to the next floor. And then I guess that 200 gets whittled down to like 100 or then I don't something like that. They, we haven't gotten that far, but Man. that's my understanding of what's going to happen. But the whole thing was just kind of weird. And then he didn't it didn't build up any background between the boy and the girl to make it so that when he enters the tower, just trying to get back to the girl, yeah. that's his only goal. He doesn't care about anything else is just to kind of spend time with her again is that we had no basis for, we kind of saw the meat, but there was no context to it. And we had no background as to how they got along or how, you know, I'm no not, relationship. I'm so not going to watch gonna, it. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, and they may build up to that thing, but I was like, eh, nope. It's just too much of a confusing mess. I don't nah, care. Um, I'm not going to watch it. 
Yeah, and I think it was a translation error, but one of the things that really bothered me is that he had to pass this first test in order to go up to the first floor, right? Yeah. So basically he has to go, there's a big, there's like a big gate blocking off this big water thing with a kind of like a water dragon in it. Right. And then um, a, an orb appears and he has to, his the thing he has to say, and this could just be a translation, but... The guy tells him that in order to achieve the goal to go to the next floor, he has to avoid the sea serpent and break the orb. Uh, so, or break the orb while avoiding the sea serpent is what he says. So how does the boy decide to do it? First thing he does, he lets the sea serpent eat him. And then he cuts it from the inside because it's like a hard crystal shell on the outside. So you can't hurt it. But it's like, because of the translation, I was like, well, he instantly lost. He did not avoid it. He let it get right to it. Mm, no, I'm not going to watch. It's so, confusing. So then, yeah, he went on. But I, like I said, it's probably just a translation thing. But it was, yeah, that was not avoiding the sea serpent. He already broke the rules. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, that one was a disappointment. And then there's another one called uh, The Eighth Sun. Are you kidding me? Which oh, is a long title. Yeah, it's basically about a uh, guy, he's another one of those corporate office drones in Japan, modern day Japan, and he comes home from work one day, he's really tired, and he falls asleep during his meal, and when he wakes up, oh, no. he's stop. yeah, he's like a little five-year-old kid. Just stop, I, want, no, I already know. <laughs> yeah, at this wedding or whatever, and it's like this glamorous wedding and lavish and everything like that, and his older brother is apparently getting married, and he of course has nothing, no idea what's going on. But one of his older brothers, not the oldest one, but um, older brother starts like explaining it to him. And then more brothers start showing up. And then it turns out they're not rich. They were all putting on a show for the marriage. They're dirt poor, even though they're nobles. And, you know, it's like all of his brothers just have no problem. Like, just, oh, yeah, you know, this is how it is. You should, you know, you know this. But none of them are like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid that he doesn't remember anything about his life? <laughs> My goodness. Nope. <laughs> and then he finds like this thing in the library that has like a it's a magic testing little orb or whatever and so it turns out he has like magic powers so now he's going to use the magic powers to you know become a get himself a harem which we already kind of saw at the beginning and say so yeah it's just Trevor, I pass. yeah it looks like it's going into total clicheville and uh, it yeah it was kind of boring nah. um so yeah not not into that one um and then the other one i watched yesterday it was Something about uh, it's Sachibato president. It's time for battle, which is like based on a mobile game. It was oh. just a bunch of bland characters. I mean, one of them was kind of cute, but otherwise it was just kind of a guy is. It's basically about like a group of event adventurers that go into these gates around this world and they go and they collect the crystals in there and then they make money off of it right they give they send it to the guild the guild gives them money they build their business they go on more you know quests to go get more supply your resources that's essentially what it is so it's kind of like a company of these adventurers is what it's following mm, nah. but it's like the girl just you know of course the guy thinks it's going to be a confession from his childhood friend but then it turns out she's like i think you'd make a really good president so now that your dad is left, you know, you should be the president. But it's like he has no clue. You know, he's a of course he's a, he's a neat. So he's like you know total 
doesn't have any training, doesn't have any whatever, doesn't know anything. So I don't know why they think he'd be a president, but it's like... Oh, wait a minute. We have one like that right now. (laughs) Yeah, not pretty much. But it's like they keep insisting, yes, you be the president, you be the president. And he's like, of the company. And he's like, I don't know what we do. I don't know what any of this is. And he's just kind of a moron. (laughs) And it's like the whole premise is just predicated on this why do you want this guy to be your leader? Wow. <laughs> it's like, at least get someone with some experience. True. So yeah, it's anyway, that one. No. So let me, the, give me the one that's like good, man. Cause you, okay. got, you see, give me duds. <laughs> okay. So the good ones, um, the one it's the one I had talked about was like kind of yeah, a little bit of depression and the love triangle and whatever is called sing yesterday for me. Right. And that one's, I think I really like it because you can tell it or the original manga that it was based off of, or maybe it was a novel was from like the late nineties. Cause it's kind of got this, you know, dark and gloomy kind of, yeah, I'm depressed and whatever, but it's, you know, aesthetic to it, but it's like, it's basically about a guy who, as I said last time, he gets out of school and You know, he's a little bit depressed. He's afraid to push forward and ask the girl out that he likes. And he's afraid to make a commitment to his life and decide what he wants to do. So he's just kind of stuck in a limbo where it's safe. Right. And so the idea is, is now he meets this girl who has a a crow as a best friend and she's kind of mysterious and we don't really know much about her past, but I thought she was going to be kind of a gloomy silent type, but no, she's like the very, um, like the chipper type. That's, um, so she is definitely kind of pushing to like meet this guy. And apparently, you know, he had met her like five years ago. Um, and he didn't remember, but she looked different cause she had glasses and braids and stuff. But, uh, um, so yeah, so it's, I'm I'm interested in it because I think I can really relate to this character, right? And this whole idea. So yeah, I'm in, I'm in. Um, so I keep watching that one. But yeah, I don't think it would be up your alley. No. Yeah. No. No. Um, <laughs> uh-uh. no. Uh, the um, Gleipnir. I did watch Gleipnir. Um, the one about the the kid who turns into like a big mascot monster. Oh yeah, you were telling me about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, so, I know. Yeah. I won't re- I know what you're talking about, and you say it was weird, and you say it's, de- it's definitely weird. It's um, so basically, you can tell right off the bat that the whole thing is kind of about the theme, at least the underlying theme is about like hormones and changing, and you know that sort of budding sexuality and things like that, which they kind of take to the extreme a little bit sometimes, but. Um, so he's like a kid who suddenly one day he, you know, he, he could turn into this mascot monster, but he's like a nice kid who kind of helps people out and he's, you know, just genuinely friendly and wants, you know, so he's, he's likable, but at the same time, it's like, he's now trying to, he's withdrawing from things like he got a recommendation to go to a college, but he decided to turn that down and we're not quite positive why, but it's, Um, probably because of this whole monster thing. So he's kind of unsure of himself. And I guess it's kind of, yeah, it's like a very sweltering, uh, like it's hot in summer and they keep showing like the fans are working and everybody's sweating. 
and you know the girl keeps getting undressed because it's so hot and so they push a little too much of the sexuality with the girl sometimes yeah um uh, so she's just like stripping in front of him and she's just like hanging out in the burning building with like her top open and <laughs> it's so it's uh, a little but at the same time in this it kind of bothered me but in a way it makes sense is that he finds this place on fire uh, on the hillside right. and he finds the girl inside. So he goes and he turns into the monster and he saves her. He brings her out, but she's unconscious. So he lays her on the ground and he's got a keen sense of smell so he can smell her. And then he's, um, and of course he can smell certain parts of her. Oh, and so okay. in this monstrous form, he kind of just start like starts sniffing her chest and then he like starts sniffing a little lower and then he actually starts like pulling her panties down and you're kind of like, Whoa, okay. This is a little, but you can kind of tell that he's fighting it as well. Like what the hell am I doing? Right. But it's kind of like he has these animalistic urges while he's in this form. And so you kind of are getting the idea that it's, you know, just as we are when we're growing up is that sometimes we have these weird thoughts or these weird desires or these things that, we want to do, but we know that they're wrong or they're taboo or that society would just frown on us because they're weird. And so I, it's playing with that aspect. Um, so it's, it's interesting. And then it started with this weird gold coin um, from his perspective that he put in a vending machine. Mm -hmm. And then when he presses the button, a guy came out of the vending machine. Okay. Like, are you, you know, was this your coin? So we still haven't gotten to what that is, but these gold coins obviously are going to play a part. And there's a lot of other people who are monsters too. Okay, I'm so. gonna check it out then. I hope it's on yeah, so it, yeah, it's probably one of the better new ones that um, that's come out so far. Okay, I'm and then I'd say the other one. Well, I still haven't. My uh, my teen romantic comedy snafu still hasn't come out, and okay. neither has uh, Kaguya-sama. Mm -hmm. That one, those come out next week. But then the other one, which wasn't even on my list, but it sounds like it's gonna be. Uh, it actually was kind of charming and surprising. It's called, uh, let's see, My Next Life is a Villainous, All Roots Lead to Doom. Or it's just called... I did see a trailer ha for that. Yeah. Hamefura is the, um, the short name for it. Uh -huh. So yeah, essentially it's about uh, a girl who's like, uh, a, she's a very like noble kind of uptight, you know, uh, girl uh, who lives in this you know, this fancy town that has a magical academy that she's eventually going to go to. And then um, as she's walking out with her potential, you know, future betrothed when she's still a little, a younger child, um, you know, she's like very haughty and demanding of all of her, her parents and her, you know, maids and everything like that. But she trips uh -huh. as they're walking and she hits her head really hard. And as she does, she realizes that she was, of course, an otaku in... Japan and died at 17 and right. you know but she was good at climbing trees and she was obsessed with playing these otome games or you know basically they're they're the same they're the female version of harem games right. where it's like there's one girl and like all of the the pretty pretty boys that she needs to you know woo and go down the routes for right right and there was one that was called I think was it princess lover or not princess lover it was Anyway, it was one of them, and she realizes as she starts looking into the history books and things like that, 
she realizes that she is a character in this game. So now she's <laughs> in the game and all of these other characters, like, you know, her future betrothed and his brother. And then she gets a stepbrother who comes in. They're all like love interests um, in the game, but for a character named Maria, who's the protagonist of the game. Right. And then, so there's all, you know, there's multiple roots for these guys, but in all of the roots, her character is the villain. <laughs> and so she either gets killed or she gets exiled at the end of all of the roots. So wow. for her, all endings are bad endings. <laughs> wow. So basically she's now trying to turn things around in her favor, knowing that the way the game goes and who these characters are. But of course she's probably going to get in her own way at certain points as well. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because yeah, she's trying to change who she is and in order to avoid this fate and, the funniest part is really that when she's trying to decide how to handle things, they kind of do this like in her head thing. And there's like five different versions of her. There's like the, uh, you know, the studious one and the, the happy one and the, you know, that sort of thing. It's like different, the different personalities. And like one of them even has like a little old man mustache, even though they're all like little chibi versions of her. Uh -huh. So it's, it's kind of cute and it's funny the way they're all like, you know, we should do this. No, let's do that. <laughs> so it's, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I hadn't even had it on my list, but I'm like, eh, a lot of people seem to like it. Let me give it a try. And, I, actually, yeah. I actually saw that on YouTube the other day. We know anime coming out in 2020. I was, what was it, spring 2020? And that was one of right. the um, one, one of the anime shows that I was, trying to, I was trying to think of, the title of it. And you said it. When you said villainous, I said, oh, I know what you're talking about. And, you know, she yeah. was in a wagon or something a carriage and yeah i, I know you're talking about i'm gonna check that yeah. out so now it seems like she'll she'll end up becoming the main character in this story and you know end up with her own harem including some of the women too it looks like wow, <laughs> whether man. she realizes it or not so All right, cool so that's that's your um picks for um anime for this this spring of 2020 cool. yeah yeah i think that's what i would say okay yeah the do's and the don't do not watch these and watch the other ones yeah don't watch those other ones they're just uh, <laughs> uh, nothing new about them even when the, the even when the ideas were kind of new a new twist on the formula yeah. they still somehow managed to just be boring or head down that cliche road again that's kind of it's when they got to go to something they know i mean that's what it yeah, is yeah exactly so you got to get out of that but yeah, but um, anything else that um that I need we need to know, Trevor? Because I think you tweeted something today. Tweet it, tweet it. Tweet. Yeah, apparently the game gods are like uh, in my court now because uh, they're gonna do a remake of Saints Row the Third on like PlayStation Four and Xbox One and probably PC or whatever. Right. Uh, which I love the Saints Row games. Those are like some of the best games yes, out there. Yes, I know you do. Yes. So, yeah. Saints, and I've been looking, trying to get Saints Row the Third on PlayStation because that was actually the first of the series that I played. It's hard so to I get. Came, I've been looking for it myself. Right. So I came into it. I had it on Xbox because I got it as one of the free things because I had the Xbox Live. Uh -huh. So I was playing it, and you know I really loved it, but I didn't understand a lot of what was going on at first. Like, who's this character, and why is it? You know what is going on this is all crazy bonkers off the wall shit <laughs> but once you get into it and you're running around and you know doing all the quests it's really fun um 
and then you know meeting all the new characters and stuff and then the fourth one is just absolutely fantastic yeah. then i just i went back and i i managed to get the first two for like two bucks on xbox live or something like that uh-huh. in the store and um so i played through those so now i have a better understanding of the story right. so now i wanted to go back without going back to my xbox because i don't really play it anymore it's not hooked up and i wanted to try and find it on playstation so i could play it again Mm-mm. well it's only there if you have like playstation live you, or no playstation play or whatever it's, it's called. The, yeah playstation play. right so it was like oh well but now apparently they're going to do an upgraded version because so, I was looking for uh, it myself because she gave me four for my birthday, I believe. And right. That's another game I got to play. <laughs> I haven't played yet. I got time. So uh, I was looking for Saint Row, um, Saints Row 3. And now, like you said, it didn't have a, play, a PlayStation 4 at all. I, don't, I mean, the hard cover, the hard copy, I mean, the hard copy, they didn't have it. So Well, yeah. There, well, there was no hard copy that was ever made for the PlayStation 4. It was yeah, a it was PlayStation, PlayStation 3. 3 and Xbox 360. Yeah game yeah so yep so. yep so that one's coming out soon so very excited about that dildos <laughs> yeah like huge floppy pink dildo oh, <laughs> i just love that you use that as like a melee weapon like a bat and you're just like Boy. You're whacking people with a huge ass dildo. dildo like damn <laughs> like jeez well it was a killer weapon boy Mm-mm-mm. i'm gonna go i'm gonna play four I think I'm gonna hold off on four. If three come out, I'm gonna play. I'm yeah, gonna if three it. comes out, you should play that one. And yeah. if you need me to catch you up with anything that's going on beforehand, I can kind of at least give you an introductory course of who's who and why they're yeah. important. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that. Cool. So guys, there you have it. Trevor came up with his anime picks, um, his dislikes and likes, and we talked about Onward, and we talked about um, Superman Red Sun. So Trevor, once again, how can people follow you? I am on Twitter at, at Toshiro Noroni. Good. And then you can follow me at justbeingamers.com on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Peace. Just be in the